Good evening. I'll try that again. Good evening. Thank you. It is a good evening because God is good. Well, on Sunday, we covered the essential of prayer. And uh, our goal this evening is I'm going to give a few more thoughts about prayer based on what the Word says and then have some thoughts on practical application, um, some practices, some methods, um, some, some suggestions for you, and then you will put that into practice in your small groups. Um, you'll have an extended period of time in your small groups to go through uh, some, of, uh, some, some different methods of prayer. But before we get to that, um, first I want to do a quick recap of what we discussed on Sunday for those of you who weren't there. Essentially what we talked about is what does the Bible have to say about what prayer is, why prayer is essential, uh, why, uh, why we're supposed to pray even if God is sovereign over all things, and then finally, what type of attitude we're supposed to have when we pray, and, and what we should be thinking about when it comes to what, what our prayers should look like, what, what, how we should be thinking, how we, sh- how we should be focused when we are thinking about prayer. And those things are all very, very important. They, they are the foundation of then putting into practice these more practical applications. So, if you didn't get the chance to listen to that, if you weren't here on Sunday, I would highly encourage you to go listen to it because it's recorded. Um, So, I I would greatly recommend that. And uh, before we dive into some suggestions and some some practical things, I want to address one other element about prayer. And so, if if you're taking notes, we're now in the essential of prayer in practice. Sunday was the essential of prayer. Tonight is the essential of prayer in practice. And there's one other thing I, one main thing I want to discuss that Scripture has to say about prayer, and it's this. Uh, how, how does God answer prayer? How God answers prayer is, is what I want to discuss. Because there are a lot of verses that you can find in Scripture that tell you if you pray for something, then God will give it to you. There are a lot of verses like that. In fact, Let's go ahead and turn to one of them. Turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 11. And then we will be in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. The context for this passage is that uh, they had been walking to Jerusalem and Jesus cursed a fig tree as they were walking there because it didn't have any food there for him and he was hungry. And so he cursed it and he used that as an example um, for the nation of Israel and that's a whole other discussion. Uh, but then as they were leaving Jerusalem, they, came, they come upon that fig tree that he cursed and Peter notices, hey, that, that fig tree withered. Wow. And Jesus says in verse 22, Have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Wow. That's a pretty powerful exhortation. That's a pretty powerful explanation of what prayer looks like. But it begs the question when you look at it, 
well, hang on a second. So just taking this at face value, does that mean that if I pray for anything, and I believe really strongly that if I pray believing it enough that it's going to happen, it's going to happen? Is that what Jesus is saying? Because there are a lot of people, specifically in the charismatic movement, who believe that. That if you pray hard enough, fervently enough, with enough faith, anything can happen as long as you pray hard enough for it. And they use verses like this to show that. But the more practical-minded of some of you or of the uh, critical world may go, well, but we don't see everyone's prayers always answered. In fact, maybe there's a lot of things that people pray for that won't come to pass. So what do we do with that? And well, the charismatics will respond, well, you don't have enough faith. You might think that you have enough faith, but you're not having enough faith. You're not believing hard enough. There's still a little bit of doubt, and you've got to get rid of that doubt. So if you get rid of all your doubt and you truly believe, then anything that you pray for will happen. There's a problem with that. Because if you go into that with that mindset, you are setting yourself up for a life of continual rejection in your mind by God, and therefore continual senses of failure on your part because you keep praying and things keep not happening, that means that you have doubt. That means that you don't believe enough. That means you don't have enough faith. That means you are not living up to what you should be, and that just makes you more and more depressed and more and more unsatisfied with what's going on and makes you feel awful. It's a terrible precedent to set for Christians. So what should the proper biblical perspective on prayer be and how God answers it? If he claims that if you believe hard enough, anything you pray for will happen. Well, that's because that thing about what you pray for is very carefully bounded. Because this isn't the only passage that talks about prayer. Let's go to another passage, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 7. And this is the passage in which Jesus is discussing how he is the true vine. And believers, his disciples are the the branches of that vine. They flow from him. It's a beautiful word picture. And he says in verse 7 this very crucial statement. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay. And then let's, just to make sure we get, we get it across, let's turn to one other passage in the book of Psalms. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is quite long, and it speaks, it essentially gives a several truth statements about those who are wicked and those who are righteous and how God deals with them and how God responds to them, and several principles that the righteous ought to live by. And in Psalm 37, 
verse 4, it says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He will do it. Now, again, at face value, it might seem like this is saying the exact same thing that Jesus was saying in John, but there's a very interesting nuance. And Justin has discussed this before, because the passage says, delight yourself in the Lord. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, what does that mean you're gonna, your desires are going to be for? Your desires are going to be for what God wants, right? Yep. And so, if your desires are for what God wants, well, you're supposed to pray for what you want. And so if your desires are what God wants, then you're going to pray for what God wants, and therefore, well, God's going to do the things that He wants. And so that's how God answers prayer. You need to be conformed more and more to God. You need to delight yourself in Him. You need to abide in Him, abide in His Word, and have your mind and what you desire and what you want and what you're passionate about, what your goals are, what your aspirations are. You want those all to conform to what God wants for you, and you can find that in Scripture. And as you conform your mind to what God wants, then that's going to reflect in your prayer life. And what you pray for is going to be what God wants. And God is most certainly going to do and answer what He wants. So, there's a couple principles to take from that. First principle, when you're not praying, abide and delight yourself in God. When you're not praying, abide and delight yourself in God. And therefore, your desires will conform to what you ought to be praying for. Second of all, and this brings us back to our original passage that we looked at in Mark 11, Jesus' point, therefore, in Mark 11, when he talks about praying for a mountain to be cast in the sea, that whoever believes in what he's praying for is going to happen, he's already assuming that what you're praying for is what God wants, not just what you want. So he's already assuming that. So therefore, he's saying, when you're praying for the things that God wants, believe that God has the power to fulfill your request. So that's the second principle. When you pray, believe that God has the power to fulfill your request. It's just like James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he must ask of God, gives to all generously and without reproach, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Guys, when you pray, even if you're praying for the right things, oftentimes when we, when we pray, even, even we know we're supposed to be praying, you know, that people will be healthy. When people are sick, we, we pray for those things. Or we pray that people will become more sanctified. We pray that we would read our Bibles more. We pray for a difficult situation that's going on, that these people would have wisdom. And we, it's because we know those are the types of things we're supposed to pray for, but we're just kind of just saying them because we know that's what we're supposed to do, but we're not actually believing the words that are coming out of our mouth. And that's why it's been so important to be engaged with what you're praying. Do you actually believe what you're saying? 
or are you just saying it because that's what everybody else says? You're just saying it because that's what you know you're supposed to say. No, do you actually believe it? God's not gonna do anything for someone who doesn't believe what they're praying for. And he knows your thoughts. So he knows whether or not you believe what you're praying for. But then second of all, I mean third of all, the third principle is when you pray, also believe that God has the right to deny your request. Because as we know, not everything you pray for will happen. And it's important and, and honestly very relieving to know that if you pray for something and it doesn't happen, it's not because you lacked faith. It's not because you didn't trust in God. It's not because there was something deficient within you. It's because God chose to say no. And there's a relief there if you've, if you've considered your heart and you know that you were believing in God, that you were trusting in Him, that, you did, that it did seem good to you to pray for this thing, and so your motivations are pure, then if God says no, that's not because you've done something wrong. It's just because it wasn't in His will to fulfill it. Remember that He answers how He wills, not how you will. But here's the wonderful idea. Let's bring all of that together. As you conform yourself to God's revealed will in Scripture, then what you pray for will conform more and more to what God wants you to pray for. And therefore, as that happens, you will find that more and more of your prayers are answered affirmatively. Let me give you an example. There's a difficult situation going on with your family and with your extended family. And so you're praying, maybe first of all, that the situation would end because it's really rough. And that doesn't necessarily happen. Well, then you might begin to pray that even if the situation doesn't end, you pray that the situation would not be would not be too difficult, that you'd be able to, to, to handle it and to deal with it, that God would give you wisdom through it. God may very well grant that if you're continuing to conform to his word and think of how you should respond to these different situations. You may even go even further to pray that as long as this difficult situation exists, that it would drive you more to God in reliance upon him because you need him in this difficult circumstance. God will definitely answer that. See, so as you continue to grow in your knowledge of God and what he wants for you, then your prayers will change accordingly as well. And you will see that the things that you pray for will happen in that regard. So, that is how God answers prayer. But now, I wanna switch to the methods and content of prayer the methods and content of prayer. Here at Countryside, uh, formal prayer, when you're praying in front of a group, um, group prayer where it's more of a, maybe an activity that you're at or you're with a large group of people and you're praying with that group. Or even one-on-one -on -one prayer when you're sitting with another person 
and you're praying with them or, or even maybe praying in a small group setting, all of that has been modeled pretty well for you up to this point. You see our leaders regularly pray formally. You are constantly in small groups where you're praying for one another and your leaders are seeking to model that as well. And so that's, that's been modeled very well. But often it's difficult to witness models of personal prayer uh, unless it's just being described to you because, it's, I mean, it's personal and everyone's character is different. Everyone's personality is different. And so how they pray in a more personal way when no one else is looking and when they're just by themselves, it's hard to really necessarily describe what that should look like. And just by the way, if that sounds surprising to you, what, personal prayer? What? You need to be praying by yourself. You need to be taking the time to pray when no one else is around, when it's just you and the Lord. You need to be taking the time to do that. Are you doing that? When was the last time you did that? Maybe on Sunday when I asked you when was the last time you prayed, you could think of a time. You know, last time you were in small group. Last time you were at the dinner table. But what about the last time where you set aside time in your day to just pray between you and God? No one else is around. No one else is there. God expects that of you. Are you doing that? You need to. And here's some advice for that. Uh, really just, just one piece of advice because everyone's personality is different. Talk to him. Don't be flippant. God is not your buddy. <laughs> but don't be disengaged. God is near to you, Philippians says. The book of Philippians says. He's near to you. Talk to him. And however that bears itself out, as long as you're keeping that respectful, because he is your Lord, he is your God, then do that and speak to him in that way because he's listening. Some suggestions for methods of doing that. You might pray before you go to bed. Set that up for yourself just before you go to bed, especially if you are the only one in your bedroom. Take time to pray before you go to bed. Uh, if you drive somewhere or if you ride in the car somewhere or you have some type of commute, or you have some type of break in between your classes. When you look at your day, if you realize, hey, I'm kind of like basically alone during this period of time, or I'm not really doing anything with anyone else during this period of time, even if there's others around me, those are excellent times to go, aha, I'm gonna pray. Take a walk. Yeah, surprising maybe, I know, for some of you, or maybe really exciting for some of you. Take a walk. Guys, I cannot tell you, and you don't have to do this all the time, but I, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to just go on a walk, and as you go on that walk, take the time to just pray and talk to the Lord about what's going on in your life, what you're thinking about, what you're thankful for, what you're anxious about, what you want to pray for other people. It's so refreshing and so encouraging, and I'd encourage you to do that if you haven't done that before. When something good happens in your life, just audibly thank him for that. It doesn't have to be super long. Something good happens and you go, wow, thank you so much, Lord, and carry on with your day. Because he's right there. Prayer doesn't just have to be in long form, though it should be in long form. It can also be in short form. You should have both in your life. When something terrible happens, 
audibly ask him for help. And then usually if it's a crisis thing, I mean, you need to, you know, take care of whatever ridiculous thing. When something awful happens, usually you need to do something. So don't then go, wait, I have to pray for five minutes. No, just audibly request help from the Lord and then go deal with the situation and then you can finish praying for it after. Those are some suggestions for methods of prayer. Suggestions for content of prayer. Content of prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a, is a classic and, and often it is caricatured, often is seen as just like, well, yeah, of course the Lord's Prayer. And, and you know, that's what you did when you were a kid. Guys, Jesus Christ himself gave that as a model to his disciples. There's a reason why he did that. So you should have personal prayer that is just your own thoughts and your own words being offered to the Lord, but there's absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, it would be encouraged for you to maybe sometimes open your Bible up to Matthew 6, 9 through 13 and pray that. The Psalms are an excellent way to pray. One thing that I love doing is to take the day of the week and open up to that psalm. And if that psalm doesn't necessarily seem to fit what's going on in my life, add 30 to the number. That doesn't seem to fit, add 30 again. You can do that up to four times because there's 150 psalms. So that's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, specifically, Psalm 42, when you're weary and suffering. Psalm 51, if you're confessing sin. Psalm 139, if you're just reflecting on God being near to you, knowing you, you wanting him to work in your life. And Psalm 119. Now, I know Psalm 119 is incredibly long, super long. One time I went out uh, into, uh, I, I was staying, um, it was really early for an, a college group event back in Tennessee. And so I just went out and I, and I prayed through Psalm 119. And it took me like 20 minutes because uh, it's really, really long. But I can tell you, that was a very refreshing time for me to just be mulling over and praying to my Lord about how I yearned to love his word. It was wonderful. And you don't always have time for that. So like, don't always go out like every day of the week necessarily. You, you don't have time for that to spend 20 minutes in that way, but you should do it. I recommend that. There's New Testament prayers and, I have, and, and the handout that I've given you guys um, there's a lot of different New Testament prayers that you can look for to take the time to pray through. And also, finally, not necessarily scriptural, but something very impactful that, that's been in my life is the Valley of Vision. It's a, it's a prayer book by the Puritans, and if you don't have a copy of it, you can get one at the church library, uh, at the church bookstore. Highly recommend it, and uh, there will be some that will be modeled for you also in the handout for you to get an idea of what those are like. And then finally, some suggestions for supplication for others. Because another element of personal prayer and in group prayer is, I mean, you're praying for the needs of others. And as much as you may desire to remember in the moment someone's prayer request when you ask them how you can pray for them and they tell you, as much as you may very strongly desire to remember that prayer request, you will forget it. So you need to have a method to record prayer requests, whatever it looks like, whether it's in your phone, whether you have a journal, whether you have an app, there's a lot of different methods out there. Use one. Use one. So those are my thoughts for supplication 
for others. Now, we're going to transition to our small group time, and I have a few instructions. So go ahead and grab the handout that's under your seat. There should be two pages. What we're going to do is we're going to break up into small groups, and leaders, I have the a small group assignments for you, so I'll tell you which group is going with you and what room you're in. And if I forget, just yell at me, and I will, <laughs> I will do it. Um, so what, what we're going to do is you're going to divide up into your groups by grade, and then uh, to start, six of you will pick one of the prayers, the Lord's Prayer, Psalm 111, Psalm 51, Psalm 141, uh, the Valley of Vision supplication prayer, and the Valley of Vision praise and thanksgiving prayer. One, one of you will pray for each of those. So, six, so six, six of the people in your group will pray through those. Then after that's done, and, and that's, that's audibly out loud, just one of you doing it, while the rest of you are, are listening and, and praying with you. Then after that, uh, you'll see that there's a, there's a large list of many, if not all, of the New Testament prayers. Um, and the idea is that before you start praying through them, um, uh, leaders, you go through, hey, this is, this is what this prayer will be about, and let's, you know, consider how, how can we fit that into praying for us as a group. So the idea is, as you're going through these, for example, the first one, that you or they would avoid temptation so that you or they will not sin. The you, they is for later use, if you're praying for yourself or you're praying for others. But during the small group time, you're praying for your group as a whole. So you're praying for your group that they, that you would all avoid temptation so that you won't sin or that you would be unified with other believers. So take the time just to look through all of those, discuss all of those and what that might look like as you're praying for it, and then go through that. So pick somebody, probably the best way would be pick someone to start with the first one, and then just go around in a circle until you've completed all of them. Then after that, um, just take the time to, to, discuss, to, to take a break from doing prayer and discuss, was there anything that stood out to you as you were, doing, as you were praying or any of the wording of some of those earlier prayers or any of the elements of the lesson from Sunday or what I talked about um, during this time. Take the time to discuss that. And then finally, share prayer requests among yourselves and close in prayer, however much time you have for that, whether it's everyone prays for their prayer requests or the leader closes in prayer or they choose someone else to pray. And then make sure you're back in the gym by 8.30. All right? So let's go ahead and divide up. So... We'll start with the ladies. Ninth graders, ninth grade girls, you are going with Hannah, Hannah. Oh yeah, Angela's not here. You're going with Hannah and Hannah. Ninth grade girls, and you're gonna be in room 203, 205. 10th grade girls, you're gonna be with Kim, Hillary, and Chelsea in room 208. 11th grade girls, you're gonna be with Carolyn, Lydia, and Cindy in room 106. 12th grade girls, you're going to be with Rachel, Stacy, and Laura in room 103. And then guys, 9th grade guys, you're going to be with Hunter, Max, and Eric in room 210 to 11. 10th grade guys, you're going to be with Alex, Daniel, and James in room 105. 11th grade guys, you're going to be with Edwin and Michael in room 108. And 12th grade guys, you're going to be with Andrew and JT in room 213. Let me go ahead and briefly close in a quick prayer and then we'll go. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time that we could just discuss prayer uh, a little bit more, a little bit more practically, and I pray that this time now uh, would be one of uh, helpful, uh, helpful discussion, helpful prayer, helpful learning. In your name, amen. All right.